You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. As a former television news anchor, my guest today, Molly Trotter, has dedicated her life's work to telling other people's stories and giving them a platform for their voice to be heard. After she left the news industry, she found her calling in the world of digital marketing, helping coaches and consultants just like you, Startup Nation, through on-camera coaching. Most of us need that on-camera coaching. We could just be better at it. As soon as we see that flickering red light and we speak it to an inanimate object and not a person, we freeze up, don't we? So she's going to guide us through what, how, to, how to really push through that. Plus, uh, she helps them increase influence and conversions through custom strategies to grow their business online with the Dream Factory team. You can find them at dreamfactoryco.com, dreamfactoryco.com. Molly Trotter, welcome to your first 100K, number one podcast, uh, sorry, top 100 podcast on iTunes for entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, I love it. Well, hey, it could be number one. We're getting there, right? I mean, just the success that you've had so far and just the people that are so attached to listening to these stories. You do such a great job, Joseph. And gosh, I don't I don't think I could do any better on my intro than what you gave. And I appreciate it. And I'm just excited for what's about to flow through here. That's awesome. Thank you. And I think I just got busted, Startup Nation, in some of my own self-talk just came out, right? Number one podcast, right? I'm setting the goal. I'm setting the <laughs> intention. Right now we're top 100. Now my other podcast, the faith-based one, Broken Catholic, is number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. So we got one number one show. We're going for two. Uh, go. Need your help, Startup Nation. So make sure you share this with people you love and care about, um, your favorite episodes. And I'm sure Molly's episode is going to be one of your favorites. So Molly, go ahead and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Gosh, I would say, I mean, considering this is all about income and transparency here and breaking through to your first 100K, I would have to say it took me till I'm 30 now and I'm fine with aging myself. It took me till I was about 28, almost 29 to break through even to 50K, you guys even to 50K. I was stuck at like the 30 to 40 mark for so long from mm. being a news anchor and reporter. People think it's the glitz and the glam. It's definitely not for the money. That's for sure. I had to take on a mountain of debt in order to survive. Not one, not two, but three credit cards. So still getting rid of that because that is survival as an entrepreneur. But it took majority of my life until about a year, year and a half ago to break through to even 50. And now hitting my first, you know, first 100K a little bit less than a year ago is just so 
so freeing and so exciting because that financial thermostat and what you believe you should have, plus the action behind it is so real. When somebody opened that up to me, at, you know, three years ago about, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been around this like 30 to 40 K financial thermostat. So frustrating. <laughs> so, but you really have to get things going in the front end and it takes so much work. And then once you break through the, you know, six, multiple six and growing a team to get to seven figures, it's, I'm not going to say it's a breeze, but it feels so good. And it moves a little bit faster. At least it has for me. So for all the people out there, they're like, man, I cannot get past this 30, 40, 50, 60 K. This is so frustrating. There's a financial thermostat aspect to it, but I'm sure we're going to go into more. I'm sure you have other questions, but that's not, that's something that a lot of people don't know about me because that's not the the sexy part you want to put out on social media is, Hey, look, you know, I'm broke and I'm trying to put a good face on, but uh, we're struggling here, you know, being an entrepreneur full time. And you know, that's, that's just part of my story. Molly, I love that you went there because isn't that what everybody's doing? They're all putting yes. on this looking good mask, right? Look at me. I'm crushing it. I, I got the Ferrari. I got this. Meanwhile, you know, they paid for a weekend for they rented the darn thing and they're going home broke. They're in debt. Uh, they're living way outside their income, et cetera. And this is the majority. We can be real. This is the majority of Americans are showing up that way. Now it doesn't feel that way. Startup nation. Does it? It feels like you're the only one, right? You feel alone in that 30 to 40 K you're stuck. Mm -hmm. Why is it working for everyone else? Why isn't it working for you? This is the, the struggle, right? For many of us. So I love that Molly just went there. She was so open and transparent and vulnerable about it. She finally crossed the six figure mark. Now she's in momentum. So she's right. It does get easier and easier. Once you cross that milestone, that initial milestone, and you're like, wow, I really do have a business. This is working. People are really paying me for this. They're coming back and repeating. They're referring business to me, man. What does that do for your confidence, Molly? What did it take your confidence when you started to get that financial thermostat matching uh, the results, right? Like it started to come in. Yeah, I would have to say my biggest like secret to get, it's not even a secret, but to get from breaking my financial thermostat of, you know, 30 to 40K and then being able to move to these other levels was the power of networking. I put myself in so many different circles with different people that I just became a really great referral partner for just about anyone. And I'll have to admit the way I really broke through to get to the six figure mark is through the referral game. And now I'm in circles where there's referral partnerships that we have that these are going to be six figure payouts, not annual, but just payouts after, hey, I need to connect you with you for this kind of funding, for example, and that's a six figure payout. And that's a long way from just making 35 K a year for, I don't even know how long it felt like for, <laughs> felt like forever. Right. Um, and so it's the networking piece right there is the key piece. And of course, now with the businesses that I do have with my one-on-one -on -one coaching and working with the dream factory, like the biggest differentiator that got me into this space is who I was working with the mission and what it is that we were doing. So many people want to be, it's the money, it's the money. And absolutely, God does not call us to be broke. He wants us to be abundant so then we can plant more seeds and help more people. And the church definitely, there's a whole, I, that's a whole nother conversation on what the church is programmed is for and uh, just kind of having that poor mentality. But for me, being around really abundant people that thought so much bigger and God has his hand on this business. For me, I'm a huge person of faith. That made all the difference. So now the mission really shifted of, I need to get out of this financial poverty state into whether this, this program, this service is for people, whether it is or isn't, doesn't matter. I believe in it hundred percent. So the work I was doing three years ago is showing up today, 90 days ago is showing up today. And it feels really good to answer your question, Joseph. It feels great because my mission is so much bigger than me. And that's really why. So how did you make that shift, right? First, but before you go how you did it, and we're going to get your top three tips or strategies for Startup Nation. But before we go there, what was the number one thing holding you imprisoned in the 30 to 40K uh whatever container, if you will, because so many listeners are right there or they're in the 50 to 60, the 70 to 80, they're stuck in this 
this uh, just something they just can't get out of. It's like a glass house. They could see where they want to go. They could see everyone around them getting there, but they can't get out themselves. What was the number one thing that was holding you down? Absolutely. So I wrote down two points. So the 30 to 40 range, it was pride and ego and entitlement. Actually, if I were to give it one word, it'd be entitlement. Like I deserve this. I've worked so hard. I deserve this. I should have this. Why do they have this? Why do I not have it? So that attitude, that mindset, so toxic and being able to just kill my pride and really bring in that level of humility took me a while. It took me a long time to be able to get to, and God had to humble me more times than I can count. Let's just put it that way. Now the 60 to 80 range, really being able to bump up and, you know, now you're like inching out. Okay. We're almost there to six figures. That comes in the, the team aspect. Okay. I'm great at this area, you know, A and B, how do I get the rest of the alphabet, AKA a team to be able to do the things I'm not good at. And so that's what I love. What I get to do with the dream factor. And we can talk about that later is it's a lot of people that you can leverage. So you can focus on what you're best at for those coaches and consultants online. And I'm sure the people listening are just like, oh my gosh, I'm not good at this and this and this and this and this. Well, there's hope for you when you embody in that vision of, okay, I need to delegate. If I could give it one word, it'd be delegation to a team that is going to break through to that next level. So from 30 to 40, it's pride and ego from 60 to 80. It's definitely a team and delegation. Very powerful and not often talked about in business. The delegation is, but not the pride in the ego, right? And you're right. That's toxic. It holds you down because you show up a certain way with those around you when you are networking. You're showing up with this feeling of entitlement. And it's nobody wants to be around that. They're like, man, I hustled and grinded my way to the top. And now I'm killing it, crushing it. I'd love to help this person. But man, their ego's in the way. And honestly, they need to hit rock bottom first. So we back off, right? And we don't give the hand out or the hand up, right? So thank you for going there. that. That's powerful. All right. Top three tips or strategies that you used. And, and actually, I want to make this very specific because you brought up referral, doing referrals and networking is was your main way out. Is that correct? Correct. Really, really taking your business, growing and scaling it. So you said the people I surrounded myself with, I changed those people and then I networked with them and built value, et cetera. So what are your top three tips or strategies to find the right people to network with? Because there's plenty of people that we network with that are the wrong people and we spin our wheels and pass business cards, but nothing ever comes out of it. So who are the right people? Um, what's the strategy then to, uh, to really get them to buy into what you're up to, your vision? as well as here, theirs. And then third, how do you execute a referral partnership that actually pays you or does that large six figure payout? Because a lot of people do not know how to do that part. Right. Oh, because the questions. I, and then I'll tell you straight out, Molly, I refer people left and right. And that third part, I haven't mastered yet. Like I watch them. I, I've introduced people, right. And they put together multi-million dollar deals and I didn't get a piece of anything. And I'm uh, like, what the heck? And, and not that was, that was my intention, but it's almost like, well, that would have been right and just for them to do it. But I also take ownership that I didn't set it up or created it in such a way where that was part of the deal. So tell us about that. Those three, go for it. Powerful. So first of all, finding the right people, one to, one to three tips. So you really have to be aware of, okay, your purpose and what, what kind of impact you want to leave on the world there. I got my start in entrepreneurship and network marketing. Now, a lot of people say this and that. And the other thing about network marketing, I looked at it as a lot of personal growth and surrounding myself by growth minded people. Now, not everybody is perfect in that industry. No industry is perfect, but it gave me a really good start of like, okay, here's a taste of part-time before I jumped out of my full-time gig. How can I make this happen? How can I develop another stream of income? And then you find people that you really resonate with. And so it's not, everybody says, find the people that have what you want. Of course, income's important, but I also look 
look, you know, what do they believe in? What is their overall mission? Like, is it bigger than them? Is it just about money and the lifestyle and the things? Or is it really heart-centered, empathetic to really help people move the needle forward? So network marketing was a really big um, push for me or even getting into, you know, having a life coach or a mastermind or something that can help level you up personally. You're going to be able to find the right people in there because growth-minded people are absolutely essential um, to be able to just see, okay, what are, to, to call you out on your blind spots, if you will. Those are really, really keys key pieces. And then sometimes it, it requires you to rip off the bandaid. At least it did for me, the area that I was in, I didn't want to leave. I was working with an organization that taught people how to multiply their money on the financial markets, cryptocurrency, Forex. And that was really powerful. But the, the people inside of that were not my people. And it was hard to rip off. I'm like, here's a great skill set. These aren't really my people. What do I do? You have to be able to rip off the bandaid. And luckily for me, which ties into the strategy, how I was showing up on social media authentically and just consistently brought me my, my now business partner inside of the dream factory. He just kept seeing me show up and show up and show up. And so we ended up speaking at two separate events together. And then eventually he's like, Hey, I want you to be a part of what we're doing here in the dream factory. Here's this position. I want you to be able to just blow up this thing. You have exactly what we need. And I was like, first of all, who are you? And what the heck, like, where did this come from? But how I was showing up, which is, this is the strategy, how you get people to buy into what you're doing. It's not just running ads or, you know, building funnels and webinars and being like, come look at this business, business. It's showing up as a real person first. And when I was back in the news, my biggest ticket that I got there was obviously how to speak to people, how to network, but social media was growing so big at that point, Facebook and Instagram, building a personal brand that I really attached to that. So I got really good at building a personal brand AKA you guys, it's not that hard. It's just showing up as yourself and showing people the good, bad, and the ugly. Now the bad and the ugly, it's not airing your dirty laundry. It's having a learning moment for people. Hey, I went through this, you know, if you want to talk about relationships, which I definitely do a lot on my Facebook or business, bring them through the struggle because so many people on social media, bring them through. This is the highlight reel, the highlight reel, but they don't show how they got there. And then all of a sudden, boom, overnight, we see them hitting, you know, multiple six figures, millionaire status. And you're like, wait, wait, wait hold on. How did you do that? So what I've been able to do is just bring people along in my journey, as painful as it was back then, over the over four years of being an entrepreneur, showing them what it's looked like. It's really cool to just have people that just are in it with you because it's your own highlight reel. So the strategy is showing up on social media consistently, showing who you are, because that's really your business card at the end of the day. And people want to connect with real people. So find a platform. I say one, maybe even two to really be able to hone in on and show people what you got. So when it comes to business, that translates. So when you're talking to people, they're not just like, oh, this person just wants something from me. Shoo, Joseph, Molly, whoever, they're really putting value out into the world. I want to connect with somebody who does that because you're going to connect with other growth-minded people that want to be able to grow their vision. Maybe you have some referrals for them. Maybe they're a good fit client-wise for you. Maybe they have something for you. Long story short, the power of networking is what really got me to the six-figure place and you know, shooting me up into the multiple six figures. And I'm really grateful for that. And I look at it as not a lifestyle to brag or boast, but Lord, what do you want me to put these seeds? How can I go bless other people and maybe some of their struggles and where they're at so they can get where they need to be? But to the last- So let me pause you right there, Molly. Yeah, go ahead. First off, fantastic. I love the first two, looking forward to the third. But before we go there, you're saying show up authentically, show up consistently. Mm -hmm. Don't air your dirty laundry, but share part of the pain, the struggle, but the lesson you're learning from it as you're in it, or you've already learned going through it. Now, what do you say to people that when they look into the camera- they struggle to connect with another human being because there's not another live human being right there in front of them in the room. And they, that's their strength. When there's an audience or there's a person in front of them, man, they're just authentic and real and just human. But the second nobody's there and there's a camera, they, their words get jumbled, right? Startup Nation, you know, I'm speaking on your behalf right now. Okay. I went through this. I still sometimes go through this. I, that's why I do an interview show. 
because I like the live interaction. That's my strength. That's my zone of genius. What do you say to them? How do, what would, what would be like that one quick coaching tip strategy you could give them um, to speak when there's no one else there and look in the camera and really connect with that, that one person on the other side? The quickest way I can sum this up is stop making it about you because you're being selfish by holding back that information. And that may sound really blunt, but here's the thing. You are an expert in your field or you've gone through this situation that you want to share about. That is meant to be mentorship to somebody else. So whether you're looking in a Zoom, you're, you're on camera, you're on your phone, whatever you're doing recording, at the end of the day, there's so many people that can benefit from what it is that you have. And don't get stuck being like, oh, I wish somebody else was here. That's a benefit. But we have technology at our fingertips that can literally just go global in a matter of seconds. You have that, that capability. So get out of your mind and get into your heart. And what's the message I want other people to be able to get from me from this situation or from my business so they can benefit as well. Otherwise, again, it's kind of selfish, just holding it back for yourself, waiting. I'm going to wait till somebody else can pull it out of me or we can have this conversation. Make sure that you're still stepping out and being bold in your purpose. That's really important. Okay. I got that. I'm not sure that fully helped me though, as far as like the camera thing. Like, so as far as just looking at the camera, like, are you more intimidated by the camera or just like, it's no, not I just don't have the energy? words to say because that energy of the other person in conversation isn't there. So it's like, do I have to plan it all out and come up with my three bullet points for a conversation? Got like I'm it. up on the stage. Like what's the proper way to do that for startup nation and myself, I'm asking for real. Got it. And I love the fact that you called me out saying, Hey, not the answer I was looking for. You didn't answer the question. I love that. That's great. Um, and so what I would say to that is absolutely come up with it. Okay, here's my topic. Here are my bullet points. One, two, three. If it's just going to be you, short and sweet is great. Like if you could go 10 to 20 minutes, awesome for consumability, but really map out what you want to say and make sure you have a couple points. And for me, like I'll have a, a ring light, my phone in the middle, if I'm recording something and have like a sticky note right there near the camera, like where I have to look into just to be able to refer because my brain, I've been speaking, you know, being in the news for almost five years and now we're almost 10, like five years after that. So 10 years of doing this. I mean, even my brain gets jumbled. And so being able to have that practice, map out what you're going to say short and sweet, because obviously interview style, it's going to go on and on and it can take all these twists and turns. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I would say. I still do that as well. So hopefully that helps out just to be able to map things out a little bit more and make sure you just get right into the meat of it, short and sweet for consumability purposes, where it keeps people on the hook. That does help out. And that was a very tactical answer. So thank you for that. That is how I have done it, where I've gotten through it. I have post-it note, ring light, three uh, point bullet points, right? And it's the same thing when I go on stage, you can put me in front of 10,000 people. I'm gonna have a little post-it with my three bullet points. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? So thank you for that. That's very helpful. Um, all right, give us your third uh, top tip or strategy for uh, matching people together in a referral partnership adding value to two other lives, which is phenomenal. And so many of my listeners love doing that. They love being those matchmaker connector types, but they end up robbing themselves of getting a piece of the value that's created in, in that relationship. How do you make sure you're part of the transaction? Yes. Yes. So just, we'll go to the six figure transaction afterwards. So just any kind of transaction in general, if you think about it, you have to be able, it's, it's also a matter of boldness, but you have to be able to tell people, Hey, you know, I have a great referral partner, like a great referral partner for you. If you have uh, let me back up here. Like say, if you have a group of people that need social media marketing, for example, they need somebody from there to do a social media manager, go find somebody who does great social media management things. They, they do great at their job and then be able to say, Hey, you know what? I have a great group of people that are going to need what you have. I'd love to be able to work out. Maybe like I send people over to you, have like 10, 15% referral tens, pretty average. And then we can be able to create a system here because everybody's looking for leads. So there's also a boldness factor there where some people are like, oh, I just want to refer. It's not about the money. 
but you took your time to connect those people, to get in those circles, to make sure that, you know, your reputation is a strong one or people can know, like, and trust you. So referrals make it super easy. So it's a matter of being bold, being like, Hey, I'd love to be able to connect people to you. I do this a lot. Would you mind being able to, you know, spot me like 10% if I send you referrals, vice versa, you know, like if there's that reciprocal, if you have a business and you need leads and you guys can kind of be partners in that sense. So it does take a level of boldness and think about it this way. If you're struggling with that mindset piece, Again, you're taking that time. You've, you put yourself in those circles. You met those people. You've built that rapport. Now you're making connections that the person you're sending, the person that you're referring to, like they would have never been able to connect otherwise without you. So that is, that is worth some monetary value. And the other person's benefiting by gaining a new client or getting somebody that has what they need. Don't be afraid to ask for that. So for me, it just, it was just a matter of, you know what? We refer things all the time. Why not get a little piece in there? And 10% may not be anything crazy, um, just depending on what the, the deal value is. But some of these coaches, it's a monthly, it's a monthly that comes in. And so you're getting paid now residuals because you brought that one person in and you know, you did them a favor because that 10% is, is small compared to the 90% that they're receiving from a client they would have never had. So you really got to sink in with that because again, we refer things all the time, restaurants, clothing, appliances, electronics, like podcast podcasts, and people are making money off all these things. And that's great. You should too. Don't have that, that, that poor scarcity mentality of, oh no, I don't need this. Use it. And then maybe use that referral cash to go, you know, fund something, pay off debt, be seed somewhere to benefit somebody else, whatever you feel good about, you deserve it. You deserve it. You made that connection. Okay. Startup nation. I hope Molly is inspiring you to really step into some matchmaking. Uh, There are people, you know, on one side and people, you know, on the other side that really are looking for each other. They really are. And you're the connection. You're the glue that they trust. You're that person that they trust. And you can make that connection. It only makes sense that all three should win, right? Yes. And I, I've always looked for triple wins, not just a win-win. I know that's the popular cliche, but I look for triple wins. It's got to be a win-win-win or I don't do the deal. Now, yes. Molly, let's talk about how do you make sure after they say, yeah, I'll do the 10% with you. That sounds great. Send me the leads. You send them the leads. The leads close. They don't tell you they closed. You're kind of following up with them. You're chasing, getting updates. Hey, did it ever work out with John? Like, hey, what's going on? Or you do a residual, write a monthly package and you find out that the client signed with them, but they send you one or two payments and then they just go invisible. Like, how do you make sure that you're getting paid and you're not chasing down your referral partners? Is that a clear question? Absolutely. And I'm, I'm sensing, have you, have you experienced this before? <laughs> Is this personal? Does it hurt? Did I just press a button or a deep wound? No, not at all. Startup nation, only 100 of them, but go ahead. Oh man, that I can honestly say I have not experienced that before. But there is some groundwork in the beginning where I'm connecting two people and I consider myself a follow-up queen. Like I will be that annoying person because I want to know how it turned out. Not necessarily, hey, I want to collect this check, but I'm like, hey, did this, was this valuable? Is there going to be something that comes together here? And I really vet people before I even do any kind of transaction because possibly what you might've experienced is somebody who's maybe not as integrous as you thought. And now is just making it more about them. It's like, oh, you know what? Joseph got a couple payments. He's fine. He's good. When really they wouldn't have had this client, you know, say a $5,000 client for 12 months or whatever the program is without you. So that's just a matter of, yeah, even, I mean, that's small. Yeah. There's a lot of bigger deals than that. 
just thinking about that, I always bet people out to be like, how integrous are they? What is their energy like? Is this someone that's really going to just kind of like, like you said, ditch me after I get them what they need? So I really spend time developing that rapport before I put any kind of effort into it because I'm an, I'm a 100% when I'm all in. So, but on the front end, it's really following up with them and being on them being like, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? What happened here? What happened there? And then after that, making sure, okay, on the 10th of every month, when you get this monthly payment, you know, I'll follow up to you to make sure I get this, this payout. And then eventually it just keeps sticking. But there is that follow-up piece too, which can get really annoying. And so I'll end up creating like spreadsheets and be able to check in with people to make sure that everything is all kosher. And if somebody does ghost me, um, then they do. And I'm like, okay, you know, there's really nothing you can do about it. You can be frustrated and let it take your energy. And again, I haven't had that just yet off referral partnerships, but if that's the type of person that they are, then I know I'm never going to do business with them again, mm. ever. And if it, if it kind of gets ugly, then I'd probably let the person I referred to them being like, hey, you know, this didn't end well. I hope it's going well for you. I'm not trying to tarnish things. But if they really show an ugly side of them, I don't want to refer people to somebody who's ugly and not of integrity. But that's a lot on the front end that I really start digging into. What kind of person are they? Look up and maybe connect with other people they've worked with. I do my homework to know, am I stepping into a good situation? That makes a lot of sense. And that's probably why, or most likely why you haven't run into that situation, right? So I really get that. Do you um, pull them into a contract, uh, contractual relationship where you have you sign, you do a dig digital signature of some sort saying, hey, you agreed to pay me 10% for every lead that, that I send you. And then if, if so, do you hold them to that, that contract? Yes and yes. Even if you hold them to a contract, there's even people that don't honor that. So AK, they're not honoring their word. And then what are you going to do? Do you want to have a lawsuit? Like if it's a really big deal, maybe you should, because you know, if it's a six figure deal, like we've mentioned before, yeah, I would probably do a lawsuit of some sort because that's pretty big. And there's usually a lot of groundwork in the front end when you have a way bigger deal, um, multiple six figures, uh, that a payout anyways. Mm -hmm. So yeah, contracts are important just to keep people honest of their word, make sure everybody's crystal clear on the payout and the date. And here you go. So you can always refer back to something. So I've, I've had a lot in the past where I just do verbals because I know them and we've developed a friendship and a rapport, but still business is business and having something on paper that's legit is definitely the way to go. Now, Molly, I'm going to ask you to send me over a template of the contract that you use that you work so hard to create, but <laughs> that it works. <laughs> I mean, it's super, mine's super simple. Um, yeah. It's, it's really simple. So it's, yeah, I mean, sure, by all means, but of course I really do believe the contract is, is pretty basic. But I really do believe that the, the rapport and the digging I do on the front end really makes all the difference because my biggest pet peeve is wasting time. Like if Thank somebody you. wastes my time, I will, whoo, you want to see me get hot? That is it. <laughs> you saw me holding. You saw me holding, girl. I did, yes. All right. Awesome. So uh, thank you for going here with the show. I didn't know it would go to this point, but Startup Nation, I really hope that you got value out of this. And I've never had an episode where we spoke specifically about how do you really execute on re uh, creating effective and profitable referral partnerships? Because there's so much gold out there, right? People are doing business constantly. They're looking for each other. You're in, in the mix and there's people within your network looking for other people within your network that they're waiting for you to introduce them to, but they don't know that they even exist. And you can make that introduction, but do it prudently. Don't do what I've done and just take people at their word. It's so unfortunate, but I, I agree. Molly is so right. I tend to believe everyone is of integrity because that is literally how I strive to show up in the world. And I just assume the person that looks me in the eye and gives them, gives me their word and says, they're going to do X or Y they're going to do it because that's what I go for. But unfortunately that's not the world we live in. And that's a shame. So we got to write contracts and we got to really mm -hmm. just, you know, make it um, set up the, the, the situation so that they really think twice about breaking their word. Right. So you're actually helping them win, even if they're, 
you know, not integrous people, they're going to go, you know what? I did sign a contract. Shoot. Let me pay her. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Right. So it works. So Molly, uh, we're speaking with Molly Trotter. You can find her at dreamfactoryco.com, dreamfactoryco.com. We didn't speak anything about her company today, um, <laughs> but, but she really just showed up and just gave you value startup nation. And I know this is valuable to you. Uh, Molly, tell us uh, really quickly, what's the value of um, delegating uh, whatever startup nation needs to delegate to your company, to Dream Factory, um, what are you specifically going to help them with and how? Absolutely. So we work with a lot of coaches and consultants that are already usually in the upper five, most in the six figure plus range. So at that point, they've had some success in their business, but now they're looking to leverage a team. What we get to do is we get to help them with everything from writing out their copy for their emails, funnels, webinars, webinars uh, for lead generation, and then ads. We also can create, manage their ads. We can design and produce their funnels. So it's really being able to create a predictable lead flow. And now that everybody's online because of the whole pandemic situation, it's, it's hard to get the visibility that you need. So we're able to, through all the data that we've collected, and we've had some crazy case studies, even just from last year in 2020, come out of people that are winning because you get a lot of people that are taking their foot off the gas because they're nervous. So the ones that want to go pedal to the metal are seeing a huge return working with a team that has a lot of data to really be able to get them in front of the audience they need to be in front of, in front of their target audience. So I love can that I, I get ask to you, that. Can I ask you a very vulnerable question? Go for it. What, how do you guarantee that your client's going to get those results? Do you offer some kind of guarantee? They sign up with your agency, they start working, you show them all the expert stats and everything, and they're just that rare exception that it doesn't work for. What, what do you do for that person? Well, we never 100% guarantee because you know, just we just don't do that. We don't want to be in that position. We show them and we educate them on the front and we'll do, and I'd love to offer anybody who's really wanting to go that route, a complimentary blue, a blueprint call. So if you go to dream factory co and request, um, a free consultation, just let them know that I sent you, then we can get in there and really see, okay, where's your business at? Where are you going? Here's what we've done. So what helps us and helps people work with us and give them that little bit more of a relief feeling is showing them all the data and case studies and physically going through sites and funnels and things that we've created and showing them the results. So yes, we've had, we've had people in the past that it hasn't worked for. And that could be for a number of reasons. Maybe their program wasn't that great. They came with copy and wanted to do ads and they didn't convert very well. There are so many different variables when it comes to that, but we're not perfect. We've had people walk away that aren't happy, but we show people, here's what we've been able to do. Again, we don't make hundred percent guarantee. And then based off that, they get to see, okay, you know what, based on what I see, what you did with so-and-so and so-and-so making this kind of an income from this custom strategy, I'm willing to give this a go. I'm willing to give this a try and see what happens because we just have testimonial after testimonial where it's hard for people to refute, like this isn't working for this group. So we really support them in the front end with that data. So then they can make the decision, is this for me or not? Mm. Thank you for answering that. And I know I put you on the spot. So thank you. You did. <laughs> I did. I'm a sneaky like that. All right. So um, they work with you. They the, they start crushing it. Um, what what initially is the timeline? Say a coach or a consultant, right? They, they start working with your team at Dream Factory. What's the initial timeline that they can expect to see a spike in their revenue, uh, their return, their lead flow, et cetera? On average right now to get everything set up, um, say if you had a webinar that you wanted to invite people into and you want to run people from ads into that webinar, uh, being able to go over the copy, make sure the webinars all created, the design and everything and getting into ads. We tell people within that 90 day period, you'll see some type of results. A lot of people, I should say, we had several cases last year that within their first launch, they're making five figure days. And so we had this lady named Deborah where she had a launch in her webinar and she had a $15,000 launch. A couple of weeks later, she launched again, same webinar. Her program was maybe like $1,500 
and it was $1,500. Then she had a $16,000 launch. So inside of uh, definitely that was a 90 day period, she was able to make $31,000 from utilizing our team, utilizing ads. And she had like a $3,000 ad spend. So a huge, you know, up for Mm -hmm. her. So it doesn't take like six months, a year. Now we do work with clients long-term because, you know, they have different launches that they want to be able to promote different programs, right. And services. Mm -hmm. So yeah, within that 90 days, you're able to see some type of results because you're having a team that's managing and being able to tweak things on your behalf. Facebook says, Nope, this ad's not going to work. Got to tweak the language. Nope, that's not going to work either. And they're constantly adjusting. Well, sure. you don't have to adjust with it. The team does so that it takes the headache off of it. And you have people that are experts doing that on your behalf. That's pretty cool. And do you do that like on a monthly retainer? Is it a one-time investment? How does that work? Uh, either way. I mean, people can pay for it all up front. And usually that particular, that's our VIP program to be able to leverage essentially five people in our team for the price of one person's salary. So that's why we, sh- and we show people the results on that. We've had so many different results in this VIP program. So now we're really becoming a prominent uh, agency in the space to show people, hey, you want to leverage your time and be able to get great results. Here's the data. Here's what our team can do. You make the decision if it's for you or not. So some people, of course, will pay up front, but yeah, essentially a lot of people do the monthly retainer. And then after, you know, six months, they get to see, okay, do I want to keep launching? Do they have great results? And we've helped a lot of people have, you know, five figure months, some even six figure months, some of our bigger eight figure clients that are running a lot to their ads. Um, So it's just really cool to see when people are all in, you got the right team, you can make some magic happen income for yourself, but really reach more people that are hungry to have what you're offering. Fantastic. Startup Nation, if you're interested in working with Molly and her team over there at Dream Factory CO, go fill out uh, that, go schedule that blueprint blueprint call. And I'm going to say, I'm going to be bold here, Molly, because you told me to be bold. I'm going to say, make sure that you put in the referral who referred you, put Molly 100K. <laughs> Molly 100K, right? Because first 100K. So this way, Molly, she gets the credit for it with her team and I get the referral. Like, Listen, Startup Nation, if you feel really bad right now that none of my referral partnerships have ever worked out <laughs> for me, and you really just want to contribute to this show because it adds so much value to your life, this is good guilt, by the way, then go ahead and write Molly100K and go schedule that call with her. Uh, Molly, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I'm ready. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? Freedom. What's your least favorite thing? The hours. Yeah, sometimes, right? What are you most afraid of? Not being enough. Hmm, I get that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives, just part of being human. What are you struggling with either professionally right now or personally? I would say a big, a big focus of mine, which is also a struggle is protecting my energy with everything that's going on in the world, really protecting it and giving it to the people that it's going to serve best. Because right now, so many things are grabbing at it from what you watch on the news, which I don't watch Mm. the news, what's on social media. So protecting my energy is a huge focus for me right now. I think that's a good focus. Well done. What, what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Oh man, that's good. I would say getting ready to get ready to write my first book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. That's so honest. Getting ready to get ready. Yeah, got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, I don't know if I have a fear about people. That's a, that's a great, that's a great question. Secret fear about people. Like how you show up with them, how, what they, how they perceive you, et cetera. Do you have a secret well, fear? Say, you know, a secret fear is we were just talking about the referral partnerships, you know, coming across people who are, uh, 
like pretenders, you know, they're, they're manipulating and they're like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, here's my agreement with you, for example, like for a referral. And then they pull out. It's, mm. it's always really disheartening. And so I could, you could say there's a light fear there because you hope you don't come across those people. Yeah. I think they all came my direction. So you're good right now. What do you <laughs> wish, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? How to be flexible and to pivot faster when needed, instead of being like, Oh, this works. It's still working. It's kind of working. Eh, maybe not anymore. Pivot faster. So you can move with the times, especially being in sales and being, you know, referring people all the time. There's so many different ways you can do things. So being flexible to the approach is uh, what I wish I learned faster. Awesome. What's a new habit you want to create? More quiet time, more reflection time for myself to see what I've created, where am I at, really being able to download and see what God has for me and being able to listen. So more quiet time. What's the number one thing that uh, keeps you from just prioritizing that time in your calendar? Probably just the hustle of my schedule. Always thinking like, oh, my brain's like, what's next? What's next? And then I'm not even thinking of the day. I'm thinking of the month and then years from now. So it's being able to be present is yeah. uh, I think what is what's holding me back. That was a bonus question. I slid in there. What's a bad habit you want to break? Ooh. Bad habit I want to break is. Oh, that's a great question. I know I have them and now you've put me on the spot and I can't think of, you know, what, what's a bad habit I want to break. Oh, expecting me out of other people. That's a bad habit. It's like, Hey, I do it this way. And if people don't show up the way I do it, then my, like I'm, I'm getting bummed out or getting frustrated. So expecting me out of other people is something that I want to break. <laughs> I've never heard it said that way. I also had that challenge. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Raw, real, and relevant. Yeah. Sounds like a church. <laughs> There, sure, if that's what it sounds like, I'm open for that. I think there's a church down the street. That's their tagline. Um, <laughs> pick three words to describe who you were uh, your first year in this business. Gosh, prideful, egotistical, and um, aggressive. And that's why you were stuck at thirty to 40,000, like you mentioned. Wow. That's right. All that's connected. Right. And last question, Molly, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about everything life, eternity, business, relationships, all of it. What would you say to them? Don't, don't spend your life being a people pleaser. You need to be able to stand out in the light that God has given you. We all have a purpose here and stop worrying about what other people think. Just go for it. Just go for it. Startup nation. Let's go. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six figures this year? At the end of the day, you got to have, you can plan. And like I said, you can get ready to get ready. You can plan it out. You can meet all the right people, but you've got to put that action forth. You've got to reach out, get into other networks. The reason why I have so many different referral partnerships with people, and even the ones that are going to be having six figure payouts, and these are multi, multi million dollar deals, is because of the circles I got into, getting into different networking groups, getting to know the person who's the leader of that group. And you just got to be bold and put yourself out there because you never know what you're going to come across. People are going to need what you have and vice versa. And you're never going to know unless you put yourself out there and you're going to get rejected. People aren't going to want it. It's just not meant for them, but keep going anyways. All right, Startup Nation, keep going anyways. It's about persevering, planting the seeds, waiting for the harvest. If you were a farmer, you wouldn't plant the seeds and expect them to just grow and sprout within a day, would you? No, because that's not how good things grow. So if you want your business to grow well, put in the seeds, then water it. Don't stomp on it and aggressively try to dig in and say, why, aren't it, why isn't it working? You're digging up the seeds. Stop it. Just trust and move on, move forward and wait. And soon before you know it, they will sprout and take action. We're speaking with Molly Trotter. Molly, where can uh, Startup Nation find you if they so choose and schedule that uh, blueprint call with you? 
probably the easiest way to find me is you can go to dreamfactoryco.com. And like Joseph said, you can put Molly 100, uh, 100K. We'll go there. Or you can find me on Instagram, Molly underscore Trotter, T-R-O-T-T-E-R. Um, just say so you heard me on the 100K, your first 100K podcast and love to be able to connect with you. And, and Joseph, thank you so much for having me on here. We had a great start to this quote unquote, <laughs> getting this going. And I just really appreciate this opportunity. And I hope you and your listeners got value today. All right, Molly Trotter, I wish you God's love, peace and joy in your life. Thank you.